Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A lot of animals, by the time we capture them, they're like, okay, biting doesn't work. I'm just going to sit here and, and just try to be not noticed or try to get away. They, they, Every animal has multiple ways of defending itself, and biting is probably pretty dangerous for them, or stinging because they were using, maybe using venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also locked in. You know, if you're in a fist fight and you go, go up and try to bite someone, you're real close to them, you know. Uh, a lot of animals prefer to do something that's a little longer distance, like 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 tail whip or, or something like that. This is the Tom Rowland Podcast. Fascinating stories to amaze, encourage, and inspire you in fishing, fitness, and the outdoors. And we're brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. I started this podcast as a way to connect with my friends, people that I admire and respect, and you. It has been a learning journey that's made me a better person, a better fisherman, a better father, and a better athlete. I'm so happy that you're on this journey with me, and I'd love to hear from you with show suggestions, guest suggestions, or questions. The best way to get a hold of me is through text. You can text 305-930-7346 for the fastest response, but if you prefer to email, you can send that to podcast at saltwaterexperience.com. That's a dedicated email address just for the show. If you like this show, you can show your support by posting about it on social media and tagging me. Text the link to a couple of friends that may also enjoy it and subscribe and leave a five-star review if you feel like I've earned it. The website is tomrollandpodcast.com, and that is where everything lives. All past shows, you can go and listen to any show. You can look up all the different shows that we've done, both the How To Tuesdays, the Full Links, and the Physical Fridays. They all live on tomrollandpodcast.com, and the social media is tom underscore roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D, on Instagram, or You can go to our big account, saltwater underscore experience. I hope to hear from you soon. So now let's get on to today's show. 
I'm Caveman Rob Oliva from the show Kings of Pain on History, and you're listening to the Tom Roland Podcast. Okay, we got a lot of things to talk about. Rob, man. Yeah, I'm so I tell you what, Sorry, Adam. I have been uh, watching your show. It's incredible. I love the History Channel shows. One alone is one of my favorite shows, and this one is right up there with with the quality and the way that it's shot and everything. That that, that channel just has really nice stuff. Your show, Kings of Pain, is um, is really interesting for a couple of reasons. First of all, this is a fishing and outdoor podcast, so most of the people listening to this have a pretty good chance of encountering a lot of the things that you guys are are going out and looking for but just to just so that I'm I'm 100% clear on this there was some work done by Justin Smith Schmidt uh, and I see his book behind you the sting of the wild right and uh and he was trying to come up with a with a uh a, an index of pain and he did it from 1 to 4 and you guys are trying to expand on that and take it to 30 with some other categories. Is that, is that right? That is right. Uh, Justin Schmidt was a, a big character, uh, entomologist, bug guy, and uh, big misconception about him. He wasn't going around getting bitten and stung on purpose. He was doing some, some really cool research, uh, digging up harvester ant mounds that could be 10 foot deep. And uh, things like that. But I think he got bitten or sorry, he got stung by around 78 species of insects that he raided because he's like, I'm getting stung all the time. We should <laughs> we should like put them in different categories. And so he did one to four and how much it hurt with a, a honeybee being a two. So kind of middle of the road sting. OK, um, you know, you've probably been stung by a sweat bee or something that's around the half or one point. And then he only had three insects out of all of them that rated a four. OK. Uh, but I think history was like, okay, like we can do more than insects. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How far can we take this? <laughs> you know. Okay, so so I mean, it makes for a great show. There's no question about it that it makes for a great show. And but is there? I mean, they kind of play it off like there's some scientific benefit for creating this scale. And in your opinion, what would the what would the benefit be of creating a scale one to thirty, just so people kind of know what to expect? Like, whoa, that's a thirty right there. Don't mess with that thing. It's bad news. Or or is there something? More more to this? Um, definitely what we thought was going to be the most important stuff turned out not to be and other things are. So we wanted to do a 30 point scale, 10 points in each, uh, each of three categories. So intensity, duration, and damage. And um, so a 30 points would be the total that any animal could get. We haven't hit 30 yet, but we got a lot closer this season. You look like you're pretty close. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're up there over 25, I think. Um, uh, and we thought that if someone had something they could look at, you know, oh, this animal bit the guys on Kings of Pain and rated a 20, you know, I, and this thing just stung or bit me, look, I'm not going to die, but here's probably what's going to happen to me. Just give them some idea of uh, what might happen to them. So we thought the pain index itself would be the most useful thing. As it turns out, there's a lot of a lot that goes in the pain index. And if you're looking at that whole number, instead of each category, you might you might have some misconceptions because something could be only a 12 and you're like, Oh, that's nothing. But maybe it's a 10 in intensity, just the worst pain mm. you've ever felt in your life, but didn't last longer. didn't cause a lot of damage. So you might not be prepared if you're like, Oh, it's only a 12. Uh, but turns out the real value I think for the show is, is not so much the index itself, 
making the indexes is important. Mm-hmm. How we get there and seeing why these things uh, score what they do or what they don't score. Uh, and we've got message after message from people saying, oh, my kid is way interested in animals now. Um, I, I started a biology program because I started watching your show. Uh, I used to kill snakes in my backyard. Now I just move them off their property. We've had countless messages like that. And that's good because we were scared in the beginning. What if, are we just going to scare people away from animals? Right. Well, I mean, you probably are doing that as well as, as it motivating people to learn more about them and, and, sure. and maybe coexist with them. But I'm sure that there's a, I'm sure that there's a, a, a bunch of people that decide that I, that ant looks a lot like the one I saw on TV. So we're, we're killing the whole mound <laughs> you know, yeah, the in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, leave them alone. That's that is probably the best the best idea. Um, one of the things that's been the most interesting about watching your show are the um, the marine stings that that you've done because you're going all over the world. And and in season one, you went you went to Bali. You went where all did you go in season one? We went to South Africa, Bali, uh, Baja California, and Mexico, and. Uh, and we went to the Amazon in Bolivia. Yeah, you could probably find really a lot cool. of things that could hurt you there, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, and then fresh, on season stingrays. I know you're a fish guy. We Ooh. saw freshwater stingrays in the Amazon. We didn't get stung by them, but that was just something you don't think about when you're wading in a river. Oh, there's a stingray. Right, and that yeah. thing that that could get you. So I don't, I want to get to to the how you decide what you're going to get stung by. But it looks like I'm looking at this graphic right now that that was sent to me the the king of pains pain index and and there's yellow ones i wonder if i could even share it right here let me see if i could put it right up here yellow is what you did in season two and the white is what you did in season one and it looks like you guys were really busy in season two um or see yeah there's a lot of yellow on this so did you get bit by more things in season two i think a little bit more and then uh for us the time schedule was really, really tight. So there were times we were still in pain. We barely recover. And then we go on to the next animal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So there's a lot of things on here, um, that we're familiar with, um, on this show. One that everyone is very familiar with here is a lionfish. Let's talk about that one for First, the lionfish is an invasive species. It's all over Florida. People encounter it when they're snorkeling, when they're diving. They're lionfish tournaments trying to get rid of them. There are a lot of people encountering these fish in the Florida Keys, in the Bahamas, and in all over the place. So tell me about the lionfish and what that was like. Yeah, that was when we just had to do. Not only was it famous in its native range, but you're in Florida, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So where you're at, like, like it's a huge deal. Uh, a lot of what we did, especially in season one, was bringing uh, awareness to invasive species and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we had to do the lionfish. Um, the the thing that st- uh, really stood out for me was it's hard to get stung by it. <laughs> we, <laughs> which sounds weird, right? Yeah. Uh, but they have really long spines. And uh, I don't know if it made the episode. There's things that happen in any TV show. They're so difficult to make. Right. And uh, we went through a couple different lionfish and we found the smaller one was actually a lot easier to get stung by because it had shorter spines mm-hmm. and the long spines on the uh, really big lionfish that we had just bit. And so those, they just kept bending and it wouldn't even penetrate our, our flesh. Um, 
But then we got the smaller one and they got right in. You see, you see a spine going to Adam and there's just blood everywhere. Like, oh, is the fish okay? And Adam's like, no, that's my blood. Wow. Yeah. Um, For me, it it was extremely painful and and it lasted a long time. Um, But Adam's hands swelled up really bad for hours and he was in a lot of pain. And we kind of noticed that we don't always have the same reactions. And so that's another thing about the pain index. We both get bit and stung every time and that we have a little bit of uh, more data to go off of right. average of the two gives you a little bit better idea than if it's just one guy getting bitten and stung. Right. And then you have it, the, you, you have your own personal kind of reaction to the, to the thing where even on the ones that I've watched you and Adam have, have a different opinion of it. Maybe, maybe, but, but you do agree on some things like, like the duration, like, boy, that was a hot searing pain. And then it, then it drops off immediately where other things you, you have other things where you get stung and it doesn't even seem like it hurts that bad. And then a couple of days later, it's, it's yeah. really bad, which was, oh. which do you, in your opinion, which is worse? <laughs> I'd rather get it over with. I, <laughs> I don't want to sit around waiting for it, man. And we almost made a huge mistake in season two. So we did a beaded lizard, which is related, you know, to the Gila monster. Yeah. You'll see it. It's at the it's, top it's of the at list. The top of the list. That's the number one. That's a 26.5. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Um, it, it earned it. It earned it in a major way. Um, we got just a baby, a uh, real fuerte beaded lizard from, from uh, native New Mexico. And uh, the reason we did that is because the Gila monsters are protected, difficult to get legally. Uh, Adam went first and this thing lashed onto him for about six seconds. And then we would choose, uh, uh, with a lot of animals, uh, especially reptiles, you know, their, their teeth are a little backwards sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard, hard to pull them off. So if you use something like a credit card or we had a, a more flexible piece of plastic, we just shimmed it off. So we just got that plastic between the jaw and the hand doesn't hurt the lizard. doesn't hurt you. Um, works really well. So if anyone's listening, you know, I don't know if you have like if you're bitten by something that's last on, even even just like maybe a soda can or something, you can you can slide into into there, but you got to be careful. That's a lot sharper. Um, and then Adam was wrecked. I'm talking, you know, on the floor, just felt sick. They're putting an IV in him. He's telling me, "Don't do it. It's not worth it." <laughs> he's not just saying this for TV. Like I know the guy. Like he was legit worried about. Me. He's like, "Don't don't do it," you know. And uh, finally, like. You know, we probably should have waited to take care of Adam, but you know, the sun's going down, we're doing a TV show. And, and, uh, this is the only time ever that Adam hasn't been the one to deliver a sting to me. We had to get the animal handler for the lizards that we had brought in and he did the, uh, the bite on hmm. my arm. And, uh, I only had it for, I think about half that time, three seconds, pull it hurt like hell at first like like a massive wasping i'm yelling screaming i get a little dramatic sometimes um but then the pain went away and adam's over here sick and in the worst pain i've ever seen him in uh just doesn't look good and i'm basically fine did you get bit by the same lizard or were two different same lizards lizard, same lizard but we turned we way we did this we used like the right side of the jaw for one person and then the left side of the jaw for the other person. So that kind of, you know, kept you from maybe getting all the venom in one person. And it's not like a, it's not like a rattlesnake where you have a high pressure delivery system where it could inject a huge amount of venom at once. It's slower. It comes from the bottom jaw through capillary action. So it's not like I would have 
it's not like Adam would have had all the venom anyway. Mm. Uh, but we're thinking maybe something like that did occur. And I'm like, I'm going to go again. I'm going, it's, it's been 30 minutes. It's been almost an hour. At one point I'm like, I'm going to get the doctors like, no. And, and the 20 year old, like in me was like, man, the doctor can't tell me what to do. He's not my boss. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go again. I'm going in for a second. I felt guilty. Adam was in the worst pain of his life and I'm, I'm completely fine. And uh, I felt really guilty. Um, but then, you know, I think my 40 year old brain kicked back in. I was like, well, what's insurance going to say if I went against doctor's orders and then I went to the <laughs> hospital, I might be paying for this out of pocket. So, so I, we started to leave and I was a bit disappointed and feeling guilty. And then about one hour in the pain started kicking in really bad Whoa. and it got worse and worse. And, uh, I'm throwing up. Adam's throwing up. We had a, a van that would drive us home because we weren't allowed to drive home after bites and stings. And uh, I'm throwing up in the van, trying to get out and puke outside of it. It was, it was, it was bad. <laughs> and uh, it turned out to be, I don't remember how many hours of pain, but uh, my wife wasn't home when I got home. And normally I don't want her home. I want to suffer alone. You know, <laughs> just leave me alone. And I, I think that's the only time I was ever disappointed. I was like, she's not here. I actually want someone to take care of me. It, wow. it, it basically reduced to me to like a baby. So what does your wife think about this whole, this, this is season two and right. like, are there going to be, do you, do you envision season seven? Do you, I mean, if it was, you know, I mean, I know how TV works. Sometimes, sometimes the ratings go down and it, it, it doesn't last that long, but a lot of times it's because of the talent. Like, would you continue to do this? Um, are you having fun with it? Like this sounds pretty rough. Oh man. Oh, well, as far as my wife is concerned, she's happy. I'm not doing anything stupider. So she can <laughs> <do this. laughs> yeah. That sounds like you might have a history of that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, season one was probably the most fun thing I've ever done in my life. We are traveling. We're going to exotic locations We're we're catching these animals. We had hippos attack us. Uh, and that was fun afterwards, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, um, we had just a real adventure with it. Season two did feel like work. We were in the same location. We had a tighter schedule. So they were more like, hey, I know you're still kind of messed up from that bite yesterday, but you want to go ahead and do another one? This one's more, you know, more deadly. <laughs> and uh, so it, it felt like work. Um, I don't see a season seven in it for us. But I would love, and Adam would love as well, to do a season three at least. Yeah, there are there's there's murder hornets out there. There's these other animals we just got to do. To quit now would feel so incomplete because we want to just we want to look at this this uh, pain index and feel like we didn't leave anything out that someone really would have liked to see. You know. Now, did you? I I didn't see anything on here with any sort of uh jellyfish or man of war or anything like that is that purposefully left out or did you do that no that is big bucket list for both adam and i okay uh there's a lot of animals that we've been accidentally stung by mm -hmm. um in our lives but jellyfish and man of war we've had some minor stings but we haven't had a, a really bad sting we really want to see what that's like uh, it's just the logistics like winds and tides and being in the right location for a man of war especially if you like you have 10 days in this place and, and if you don't time everything perfectly, you're not going to get one. So logistically it's been tough. We're still working on that. If there's a season three, we've got to get at least a jellyfish or a man of war. Well, there's plenty of them in the Florida keys. 
Um, there are, and and the man of war out there, the Atlantic ones are supposedly way worse than ones in Pacific. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it would be pretty easy to get bit, but I think you might be disappointed. Uh, I mean, I've never been stung by one. Um, sometimes the, the tentacles will, you know, the fishing line will come across them and, and you'll start noticing something on your hands. It's kind of burning and stuff. And there's just like little pieces of it on the fishing line. And that's what it would feel like times a million, I guess. But um, I've never really gotten hit by one, but the, you know, the, the little tentacles coming off of those things are, are really long, like 10, 12, 15 feet long. And they go probably to, uh, they're black in the beginning. And as long as a fishing rod, long as a fly rod, like nine, 10 feet long. And then I'm sure that they probably go translucent or transparent to where you're not seeing them and get very hair like fine. And then you get wrapped up in them, I guess. But I don't know if they would, I don't think they would be a, a 20, five or 26. I know people that have been hit by them. Um, but then there are plenty of other jellyfish out there that could be horrendous. I would think. <laughs> we, we may be willing to do something like Arakanji or some other box jellyfish. Uh, you're talking potentially the most venomous creature on the planet, right? It would have to be a controlled amount. We probably need to talk to someone like, I don't know, like Jamie Seymour in Australia, who's a box jelly expert. Uh, even with, uh, Dr. Ben Abo, who is our medic, who is phenomenal in the world of venom, I would still also want to talk to someone who is an expert in that species, uh, specifically, yeah. uh, especially, you know, Dr. Ben, he's dealt with stuff all over the world. My daddy's dealt with the uh, box jelly sting. Uh, but those two guys can get, get, get together and talk. We can figure out if it is feasible. Wow. So a couple of the other things that you've been stung by, a lot of people know the lionfish and the scorpion fish. What was, what was that one like? Cause that is something that could be encountered by this audience. Oh, the scorpion fish. Yeah. Ah, the intimidation factor was huge. I think that's the most scared I've ever been. Cause you know how they have those fat, you know, thick spines yeah. that can erect them really well. It's just an intimidating, not a very pretty animal. Like the yeah. lionfish. Um, and, you know, we were like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do the stone scorpion fish in Mexico. Uh, fishermen get stung by it all the time. It's supposed to be extremely painful. And I'm picturing this thing's going to sting us in the arms because we try to do everything in the arm. A yeah. lot has to I was going to ask why that that is. Why do you do? Why do you choose the arm every time? We're trying, we're trying to give them a level playing field, uh, a safer area on the body. Um, hopefully, like the forearms will protect us. Just a little bit of muscle. It just... It, we the basic thing is we want to give them a level playing field. Mm. So was and that a doctor's it, advice or did you guys think, I think I'd rather well, get there, it in the arm. There was a guy who did um, honeybee stings mm. like every day, like five a day for like, I don't know, months or a year. That was like his doctoral thesis. There's a lot and of people that do that, like for therapy. Um, yeah, for they, therapy, they actually like guy, it. They, they, they get stung on purpose and they like it. Yeah, even I wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's only a three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but this guy would do it like on his lip and like on the, on the shaft of his manhood. Oh, and on his nice. Arm. Like, yeah, he, he was, he was pretty crazy. Um, but the, the arm was a five. So it's middle of the road kind of uh, area. It's also very convenient for Adam and I. And uh, we can't do it on the face. We're on TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the moneymaker. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, but sometimes it's not just logistically possible. We have to do it on the hand or something else. Gotcha. Uh, 
So the scorpion fish, let's tell me about the scorpion fish. The scorpion fish, we were like, we're going to do it on the arm. And then um, we get there and there's a giant aquarium that they built. And inside this aquarium, there's a small box. And the reason for the small uh, box is see-through. It's great for camera work because you can't have the fish swimming all over this giant tank and still get a close-up camera shot. You know, we're not just getting bitten and stung by everything. We're trying to get right. a high-speed camera, everything. So literally we get there like, oh, no, you, you're just sticking the palm of your hand down on these spines. <laughs> I was ready to leave. Uh, it was it was like one of those things that was not discussed at the time, like everything else normally is. And uh, finally, Adam just told me, he's like, man up. And, and uh, so we just jammed our palms into the into those spines. And it was it was unbelievably bad. Uh, Adam almost fainted. Uh, he had to get a, uh, an IV put in, really? uh, just as a precaution. Yeah. Uh, probably like, like a, like a vagal response, which is, you know, when people faint, it's just your blood pressure crashes. Uh, he was fine a few minutes later, but it was just, I think it was like a hundred something degrees out. All of a sudden they're like, Oh no, you're, you're jamming your hand on the, on this fish. It was a lot to process and it was extremely painful. The Marine stings in general, I noticed Adam and I don't deal with very, very well. It's a type of, or, or flavor of pain that we don't seem to, uh, tough through very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of Marine stings that we're probably going to do in the future because we can't do stuff that doesn't hurt. We can't do stuff that's going to kill us. Um, something like a rattlesnake or something, that's mostly a predatory venom. Right. Defense is is secondary. Whereas most, if not all marine stings are going to be a defensive venom. So they're not designed to to kill people or to digest prey. They're designed to cause pain. So there's a lot of, a lot of potential within the marine animals. And we even did uh, sharks this season. Oh yeah. 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 So I saw, I see this one shark. It's a California what is this writing so small? I can barely read it. California, what horn shark? Yeah. California horn shark. Uh, we did the California horn shark. And then we did the uh, Port Jackson shark. And those are both bullhead sharks. Okay. It's a, uh, it's a family of small sharks. There's like eight species uh, from the United States and California to, I think there's one in Japan, Australia, uh, throughout the Pacific. Um, they, I think the biggest one is the Port Jackson gets about four foot long and Pretty much all the, I think all the species have a uh, spine behind the first and second dorsal fin. Mm. And for years, at least since I was a kid, I always heard that the Port Jackson shark was the only uh, confirmed venomous shark. Now, now there are other sharks since then that they have, like, they have found some venom in the spines before. Uh, but it's it's for an animal that's in captivity a lot, both the Port Jacksons and the horn shark here in California. There's not a lot of information about them, <laughs> and. Uh, Adam grew up hearing the one in California was venomous and not the one that was local to him. Wow. So we're like, all right, we have, a, are they venomous or not? So we, we compared both. We uh, got stung by uh, juveniles because the adults, the, the uh, spine will wear off on rocky reefs and things like that. The juveniles have like a two to three inch spine that wow. is razor sharp. Wow. And uh, we both got stuck by both. And uh, it wasn't anything drastic, but we do, feel like the California horn shark hurt more than it should have just based on a spine penetrating the skin. Hmm. And so when you, I, I wasn't even aware that there were sharks that had that. None of our sharks that I know of have a spine like that. Yeah. Um, spiny dogfish out there. I, if we do, I don't encounter them. 
Um, gotcha. You know, we, I mean, most of the sharks were, were like lemon sharks, black tips, bulls, hammerheads. Um, you might see a mako, um, yeah. but like real, you know, swimming sharks, but they don't, you know, and ha- you know, even the small ones like, uh, you know, a dusky or a, um, a bonnet shark, they don't, they don't have anything like that. The, they only have one thing that's going to hurt you. It's the, you know, the mouth. Um, You've been bitten a few times, right? Uh, well, no, I not not having. <laughs> I I'm like you, man. I I I learn how to handle them, and and then you learn how to avoid getting bitten. I've almost been bitten a lot of times, and that makes you be even more careful. But uh, you know, some of them you wouldn't want to get bit by some of the the ones. Some of the some of them would just take a little nick nick out of you. But you know, a, a you know a twelve foot hammerhead or a bull shark or something. That's that's yeah. like the real deal. <laughs> They'll take your arm yeah. off. Uh, so you don't mess around well, with those. But it, honestly, in my opinion, the, the larger the shark is, the more predictable it is and the easier it is to, to, to handle it where the, the smaller one, you know, somebody brings it in real fast and it's green and, and it has tons of energy and maybe you don't handle little ones that much and they do weird things and they can put their, face on their tail like like that like you know and and those are the ones that in my opinion those are the ones that are going to bite me i don't know if they're they're going to bite everybody but those are the ones that are the most unpredictable and you also think oh i can get this hook out you know where and they don't have any weight to them so you're like you you try to push the hook out on a little shark and and it just pushes the shark away where if you have a 250 pound shark right there and you take the hook removing tool and you push down, there's something to push against. So the hook actually comes out, right? Like as opposed to something really small where you need to pick it up with your hands and handle it. And there's just a lot more possibility of getting bit on the, on the little ones. Right. So that's, if I get bit, it's probably going to be by a little one. I I say that now and now I'll come back with no arm (laughs) next time, but, um, well, it's the same way with, with alligators or or snakes with, you get like a six foot alligator that thinks flexible and flat and fast and big enough to bite you, uh, or like a baby snake mm -hmm. did, uh, despite the misconception that, that baby rattlesnakes are, are more dangerous, in one way, it, a lot of people grab snakes by the tail. And when you do that, you know, if it's a 12 inch snake, that thing's really close to you where it's a four or five right. foot snake, you got more room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that's another thing we, we hope to dispel. We obviously can't get bitten by a rattlesnake, uh, but you probably hear that everywhere. You know, baby snakes are more dangerous and uh, there's a lot of theories about how that started, but uh, you know, a, a baby rattlesnake, they say you can't control its venom or it's more toxic. And I think there was so, some studies that suggest venom composition does change from a baby snake to an adult because maybe they're preying on things like lizards when they're younger and move on to mammals when they're older. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of other factors and they can control uh, the amount of venom that, that they give just mm. like an adult. Can. Uh, but even if they couldn't, they have such a tiny amount of venom, whereas an adult has so much it's the difference between like having a little shot of like the strongest, like moonshine, <laughs> whole giant bottle of normal vodka, you know, the normal vodka, if you drink that whole thing, it's way more dangerous, you know, even yes. if it's not. As strong. So that gets, uh, that gets thrown around a lot. I hear it a lot. Uh, so we hope to miss, you know, dispel a few things like that. We have a lot of misconceptions our, ourselves. Um, uh, we started off season two with the desert hairy scorpion, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar. It's the biggest scorpion in the U S or one of the biggest. And it's in the Western United States. It's huge. It looks scary. 
Uh, ask anybody that's been stung by it. I was stung by one before as well. It's like a bad bee sting. Mm. No, it's not that bad. And uh, so Adam and I, we, just, we start off season one with a desert hairy scorpion. And because we weren't that scared of it, we just let it sting for as long as it wanted. <laughs> An unnatural, unnaturally long sting. Yeah. I think it's only five to 10 seconds each. And uh, it hurt more, <laughs> a lot more after doing that. But uh, Adam and I both had some weird uh, symptoms. Like he looked at me, he's like, uh, my jaw is like shattering. Huh. He's not saying camera. He's like embarrassed by it. He's, he's like something. I'm like, you're, you're jet lagged. You just got here from Australia, you know? And uh, then I went and got stung by it. And we started having some insanely weird symptoms. So we could, we could feel each individual tooth. Like, like when your foot's asleep, hmm. every tooth, you could feel it was asleep. Uh, my right arm hurt when I got stung on my, my left hand. Wow. Uh, uh, the tops of our heads, the bottoms of our hands and feet were just like pins and needles. Like you've never had in your life. And that went on for 11 hours. And, uh, I had hand cramps in that hand for, uh, 16 days straight. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, so on, on your scale would that, would you put that into, into damage or, or duration or what would that be? Those long-term effects like that? Um, we try to do duration just based on how long it hurt. Now that gets confusing. What if it hurts at like a nine for two hours and then drops down to a four for three hours? You, we try to average it out. Um, as far as hand cramping, we put that all under damage. Mm. We do our best. It's very difficult to separate some of these things. Yeah. Um, but uh, I got, I got instant diarrhea and, <laughs> and like I was in a porta potty and like, it was super embarrassing. That's from uh, the scorpion. It, it had, I mean, it'd be the hell of one hell of a coincidence. Right. Otherwise. Right. Yeah. yeah. An hour after the sting, I'm like, Adam, get in the Jeep. We're going to the port potty <laughs> And, and, uh, so I'm in there and it, it's splashing back up. <laughs> like, like, so I'm like, scream, I'm like, Oh God, it's just coming back up. And I had no idea the whole time Adam is recording <laughs> through like the top <laughs> of the port potty and I'm over here and like, uh, I'm just saying the most embarrassing things like, Oh, the poop's coming back up in my blood splashing up. <laughs> and, uh, uh, like, uh, my manhood like shriveled up from, <laughs> and, and that happened when I got bitten by a rattlesnake years ago. And uh, so I'm saying all this and then he's recording it all, man. <laughs> this is, this is day one. This is supposed to be the easy, the that's, easy desert Harry Scorpion. That's day. day one. Is that when you decided you and Adam were going to be buddies? <laughs> yeah, so he, he lost all trust that day. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You get to be pretty good friends on on the TV shoots with 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 not only the the other host but the the friends. I've had a TV show on uh, for now eighteen years, and we have three other TV shows that we produce, and it's it's good time, man. On those, I mean, sometimes it's a good time on the shoots, and then sometimes you've been on them long enough to where everybody just wants to go home. And, mm -hmm. and, and you've had enough of one another and you'll see each other in another couple of weeks and it'll be fine. But for now we've had enough. And I can't imagine when you're getting stung and bitten by all these things. Um, some of the other things that you've been stung by in, in the ocean are these different urchins, um, which people step on, people bump into when they're snorkeling, people do all those kind of things in this crown of thorn sea star. I didn't know what that was, but the thing looked nasty. Um, what, what about all of these different things? Are there any similarities to the, to the things in the ocean? Like when we go to different um, places, like we might, you know, a lot of people go 
I've I've done a couple of trips to Christmas Island. It's out in the middle of the of the of the Pacific Ocean, and you might go to Hawaii, or you might come. You know, people are listening all over the world. They might come to the Florida, and there are all these different things. As you're wait, I'm waiting these flats for miles and miles on Christmas Island, and I'm looking down, and I'm seeing all these different things, and and I would just be like, that's super colorful. I'm just going to stay away from that. Um, I don't know what that is, but I'm not going to step on it. You know, I mean, what about these things that, that sting that you've been, um, uh, encountering thus far? Are there things that are, are similar, like colorful things or just any urchin you should just probably walk, avoid it or, or what? Like when you, when we're in different places and unfamiliar with the local wildlife, how do you, I mean, you're trying to get stung. We want to keep from getting stung. What would be your advice? Um, yeah, the problem is a lot of animals do have what they call aposematic coloration, which just means, look at me, I'm here, and don't don't mess with me because I'm either venomous or poisonous. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you cannot rely on that rule. <laughs> um, something like a crown of thorn sea star is a huge starfish. It is uh, covered in, in spines. It looks like something you shouldn't mess with. And it, it is probably the most venomous starfish that it causes extreme pain. Uh, it's, it, it, but it looks like you wouldn't want to touch it. There's things I'm, I'm going back off of uh, stuff from 2019 research. <laughs> it's been a while. I think it's called a flower urchin. And this is an urchin that has no real spines to, to speak of. It looks gorgeous. It has little, uh, little structures that look like tiny flowers. And uh, it's all over. It's beautiful. It's something that I would have for sure just picked up. Uh, it may be the most dangerous uh, urchin in the world. Wow. And, and those structures actually, I don't want to say bite, but it's almost like a, it's like hundreds of tiny bites that inject venom into you. And it can, it can potentially even be lethal. And, and it's something that uh, if anyone's listening, look up flower urchin. I hope I remember it right. It's years old research, but like it, it, it blew my mind that something so benign looking uh, is not well known. Same thing with like cone snails. Um, cone snails, beautiful common snail that you see around uh, lots of parts of the world, and people grab them, put them in their pockets, and then they can kill people within minutes. Really? Yeah. A snail. Yeah. How is it yeah. doing that? How? What? What is? It, what's the process or the mechanism? Is it biting yeah. you, or is it just the 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 slime on it that is oh, it's, getting it's into your skin? It's stinging. So, it's stinging. Yeah. There's a lot of different ones. Some of them hunt snails and other stuff, and those aren't that dangerous, but the ones that, that hunt fish, which you imagine a snail can't chase down a fish. Right. It has to kill instantly. And it has uh, something called, it has a cocktail of, I think they call it like the lightning cabal or something it has different types of venoms that just shut this fish down immediately with, uh, with neurotoxins. And, uh, and it has a proboscis that comes out. So picture of something that looks kind of like the siphon on a lot of snails to come out real slow and then just harpoons a harpoon like structure right mm. into the fish. It'll kill, it'll kill a small fish within like a second. Wow. And there are species that can kill people within minutes and they're just beautiful looking cone snakes, cone shaped snails that are just gorgeous. I've seen them in Hawaii on, on the beach. Uh, I'm sure, I'm sure people pick them up all the time. They just get really lucky. Wow. That's, yeah. that's something to watch out for. I didn't know anything about that. Um, yeah. But like I guess that's the best the best advice is just just stay away from it, right? Like just look at yeah. it and don't touch it. You have to think the rules don't pick it up. You know that the whole red and yellow kill fellow thing in Florida with the coral snakes. Mm-hmm. If you have to use those rules, maybe you shouldn't do it because there's always exceptions. Right. 
and you go you go to to the western U.S. There's non-venomous snakes that that fit that description. You go into uh, you know Central America, all of a sudden you're getting coral snakes that may not have any red on it. Hmm. You know, <laughs> all kinds of colors. They look completely benign. Wow. Yeah. 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 I guess you can't, you can't rely on that. And then the scorpion fish, that's, that's a very camouflage looking fish, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it's trying to hide. And so one of the things I wanted to ask is you mentioned that it was like really hard to get stung by a lionfish, an adult lionfish, but the small ones were really easy um, in the situation that you were in, like, uh, which could be different than in the wild. It's a, maybe an aquarium or, or whatever, that's got some corners or whatever. And you could probably, pin it there but on the score on the urchins you were having to like smash your arm down on these urchins and uh, on the scorpion fish you're smashing your your hand down so these things are very dangerous and i don't want to downplay the 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 danger of them or or the 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 sting or bite that you could get but some of them were you surprised that at how hard it was to to get bit or stung by some of these things? Was it harder than you thought in, in some cases? Almost across the board. These really? animals, you know, I, I can say, well, other than the hippos that were territorial <laughs> in the river. Yeah. The river They're coming uh, after you. Yes. Yeah. Nothing else wanted anything to do with us. Uh, a lot of animals, by the time we capture them, they're like, okay, biting doesn't work. I'm just going to sit here and, and just try to be not noticed or try to get away they, they, every animal has multiple ways of defending itself and biting is probably pretty dangerous for them or stinging because they were using, maybe using venom. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're also locked in, you know, if you're in a fist fight and you go up and try to bite someone, you're real close to them. You know, uh, a lot of animals prefer to do something that's a little longer distance, like, like, like tail whip or, or something like or that. Growl or, or do growl, some yeah. sort of something that, I mean, like what you're saying is like, it, for the most part, it's like a last resort, the, these, yes. these, these venoms. But what about like the, the urchins, like how hard were you having to, to, to push down on those urchins to actually get the, the stinging part of them? Like was, is somebody just going to bump up against them and, and get it? Or do you have to like really hit them pretty hard? Well, there, there's a lot of different urchin species out there. And like, like here in California, we have like these little purple urchins Mm -hmm. and short, thick spines. Yeah. If you step on one, yeah, that's going all the way in. And they tried, they talked to us about stepping on one. We're like, hell no. (laughs) We're not going to be able to walk around for the next episode anyway. (laughs) It's going to take us out of commission. Um, But it did. Then there's other ones like the diadema urchins that have extremely long spines and those can go in. I'm sure if you're just snorkeling and bump into one, they'll go straight in with no problem at all. Uh, but I don't know how deep because they're so thin that they'll break. Mm. Um, for this one, we had to push really hard. It had thicker, longer spines that were non-venomous. And then these really fine, short spines along the body uh, that contain the venom. And this was a, a, a fire urchin. And it's uh, one of the most venomous urchins uh, that we could get a hold of. <laughs> Probably one of the most venomous in the world. And uh, so we had to push through all of these, you know, big spines breaking off in our yeah. skin and just stupid. And then we had to keep going until we hit these little spines and had those penetrate the skin. That was uh, just like a willpower kind of, kind of thing. It was, it was tough to do. <laughs> it would have been easier in my early twenties when I was dumb. You know yeah. I mean? Not like, why am I doing this? <laughs> now you have some, enough. now you have some, uh, now you have some wisdom, but I guess the, the question that most people would ask is why are you doing it? I mean, it, 
why why are you doing it that's what that's what everybody's going to be like as, as soon as i showed any of my friends i'm like look this guy's going to be on the podcast they were like why that's their first question yeah, like yeah. why that, that's that's an easy one besides the fact that adam and i both had a morbid curiosity growing up you know i worked in reptile stores i'm like oh it's Thursday. I'll let this baby Nile monitor bite me. And I'll, tomorrow I'll compare it to the baby Savannah monitor. <laughs> so there was a little of that growing up and uh, Adam was the same way. Um, but because of that, we had some really drastic uh, differences between one species and another that, that are closely related or from one bite to another that from the same species. Like, so it made us really curious and uh, you know, it became a passion project for us. I told you about the people writing us saying, you know, now I want to be a uh, biologist, et cetera. That stuff, yeah, that's what's kept us going because that, that morbid curiosity is going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, um, but there are a few animals like uh, we did an electric eel this season. Mm. We wanted to feel that since we were, you know, kids. Oh, what does that feel like? Uh, we want to try the murder hornet in the future. Uh, we do have a lot of, a lot of fun with these things. It looks like um, the electric eel was about mid midway on the scale. It was, we almost didn't put it on the uh, pain index. Huh. Uh, and the reason was because uh, it was pain, but it, 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 it happened so fast. Kind of like an electric scared. shock. Like, exactly. like, because that's not, I wouldn't say that that, like if you, I'm, I'm a poor electrician, so this has happened a couple of times, but I wouldn't say that that's pain. It scares the hell out of you. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird feeling. It's something that you haven't really experienced that much before. You immediately know you don't want any more of it. Yep. But I don't know. I'd call it pain. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, you yeah. know what I mean. You're, you're coming up with the scale of pain. Uh, it's, it's same thing. I was like, I don't know if we're going to call this pain. Yeah. And in the end, we're like, well, it was a sensation that forced our hand out of that water in the tank so fast. You don't want any more. Yeah. I was like, I guess that is pain. It was just, it was just, it was tough. It was a tough decision to put that one on. Huh. So I did it strapped in strapped into the tank? It would have been pain. Yeah. Well, if you couldn't get out, I guess if you were in the water, you know, and you couldn't get out, maybe it would last a little longer, but I don't know. Um, does it do any of these um uh venomous things that you've been stung or bit by? You mentioned that you had some lingering effects. Did anything give you like a psychedelic effect? Did you have any hallucinations or any kind of weirdness? I mean, like people lick toads and they do all kinds of things with venom. You know, which right. is for a psychedelic uh, response. I just wondered if you had any. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of animals on here that you mess well, I with. Think if you lick the toad, I just found this out recently. If you lick the toad, you're probably just going to get sick. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they, they <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is not much fun. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I will admit there's uh, things like the tarantula hawk, which is uh, really painful. I think we rated like an eight or a nine. Uh, but it lasts seconds. It, it, it hurts. And then your body, I just, I guess, just breaks down that venom immediately. Um, but it hurts so bad for such a short amount of time. You have the most pleasant, like, endorphin rush you, you've ever had for like five minutes. Like, you feel good. After it stops? <laughs> after the pain stops? The pain or stops. during the pain? Wow. Uh, not during the pain. Like, I I tend to jump out of my seat with these tarantula hawks and yeah. some other walls. Uh, but by the time your, your feet hit the ground, it's already starting to fade away. And, uh, but it happens so fast that your body, it hurts so bad that your body is just giving a huge, uh, dump of adrenaline and, and, and I guess, uh, dopamine and things like that. So, cause it thinks it just, you know, you just lost a finger or an arm or something. 
uh, and then it goes away so fast, you're left with that really pleasant feeling. I, I hope no one here is about to turn into a junkie, a lost junkie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're already out there, the the bee junkies and the other people that like to get stung. I don't know if you're going to contribute to that. Um, but <laughs> but there were definitely uh, it was it was a very tough season on us, both like physically and mentally. Um, we were going from one sting to the next. We did Arizona bark scorpion, which has actually killed people. Uh, probably not deadly to a human, like a, to an adult human, but still very dangerous. Um, we really pushed the envelope this season because we stayed in one location. We had uh, Dr. Ben, uh, who was our medic, in uh, basically like an old shack, but all his medical equipment was there. We had protocols to get to the hospital. Um, we, we were really able to do more dangerous things like the Arizona bark scorpion, um, the, uh, the electric eel, which is denied in the Amazon. We wanted to do, we wanted to do one in the Amazon. They're like, well, you're in the middle of the jungle. You can't do that. Right. So you have to bring the electric eel somewhere else and do it where you have medical treatment. And is that the way the, the, it, that's a different format for the show this year? Yeah. Season two is all in the same location. Okay. Um, and, and that allows us to do more dangerous animals and allows us to shop around more. We don't have to go there to get it. Like, uh, I surprised Adam with an OBT tarantula, which is one of the most painful tarantula bites, um, in the world. And so, uh, before, and he's pissed about this, right. And before, before, cause he doesn't like tarantulas. And before the, uh, the bite, we have a, a zoom call with, with a, uh, uh, someone who had been bitten by one before. And he had cramps. He said for many, many months after his OBT tarantula bite for months. Oh, and man. so we were like going into every bite and sting thing. We're going to get the worst case scenario. It was, it was, it was a trippy season. It was really crazy. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it. All right. I know you've got a, a tight timeline here. I want to respect that, but I have a few questions I want to ask you just kind of rapid fire at the end. All right. So what do you think was the smallest thing that packed the biggest punch from season one and oh. two combined? The road beetle for sure. This thing was <laughs> a small ant. You remember that one? Yeah. I saw yeah. that. Yeah, it has uh, basically bug blood that gets on your skin and keeps your cells from replicating, and your skin just falls off about a week later. And so where does that thing live? Um, all over the world, there's different species. Some are dangerous in Africa. This was in Bali. Um, people sleep with the light on. They come in. They are incredibly tiny. You smash it. You flick it off of you. It can spray the bug blood on you. It's called hemolymph. Or, or if you smash it, it gets on you, and you don't see it, so you don't know. So then you're rubbing it on other parts of your body oh, and no. uh, yeah, people get, get in their eyes and things like, like the that. worst poison like Ivy bug poison Ivy. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds terrible. I think I would sleep in a, in a, in a, uh, in a bug net. I'm sure that people do. What are they, how do they avoid that? Um, so I guess screens on the windows and, and, and certain things like that. That's, that's the only thing I could that's it. get out of well, we wow. have some screens on the windows. We turn off the lights at a certain time. So it, it, it's common for somebody, for, for people in those, in those areas where those beetles are to get, to get hit with them. Yeah. It's real common. common. All right. So what bite or sting would you not volunteer for again? Um, well, you know, we did a 16 foot reticulated Python. We almost didn't do a Python because it doesn't really need to be explained that you don't want to get bitten by a large snake. Uh, but we figured we do that. And, uh, then we can show some of the cooler animals because it brings people in. These type of things bring people in. Um, uh, but the python got a lucky hit on my ulnar nerve, which is the nerve that is what we call the funny bone. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you know, 
it, it felt exactly like I had just hit my phony bone for months. Oh, uh, I had surgery, physical therapy, considered 18% disabled. Um, that was unfortunate. Um, but it didn't hold us back from season two. We're doing a dangerous job, you know. Still have any uh, any any lingering effects from that? Absolutely, absolutely. Wow. But you know, I just within the last month, you know, it's been like three years. I've got back into Krav Maga, doing some more martial arts training stuff. I used to do. It took a long time to uh, be able to do that without severe pain. Mm. And it still hurts, but I'm, I'm back. I'm really mm. excited. My my hands getting stronger, more coordinated. I mean. You get bit by a sixteen foot snake. You can't really complain about it. that. Looked <laughs> yeah. uh, that looked um, really serious uh, because it 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 did. You you chose like to for it to bite you on the elbow, and it kind of went under a little bit. But man, I just look at my arm, and there are so many veins and stuff right there. Why why would you choose that? I mean, I guess that's as good as any any place, right? But yeah, I had more muscle back then. I just figured like when you, when you pull the, the elbow over, it kind of puffs out that muscle. Yeah. I wasn't aware of the ulnar nerve. No one, no one told us about that, but, uh, um, yeah, it had a bit further back than we thought. So mm. there's just no good way to do it. We didn't want to just hold the head and then put it where we want. We wanted the snake to do yeah. it real strong. And that, um, 16 feet long, huh? Yeah. 16 foot. And it, we believe it was a male. We asked, uh, the guys to take us out a couple nights mm-hmm. to, uh, to find, you know, several. So we had options and, uh, they took us to a spot in this, in this riverbed and we found like a seven or eight foot one. And then we found the 16 footer Wow! and the best we could tell it was a male and the males have serrated teeth and that's not what we wanted. Uh, much more dangerous, but we're there. We don't have much more time. It's the snake. We got, we took the risk and <sighs> You know, I've had this guy on the podcast a couple of times, Python cowboy, he's down in the Everglades and, uh, Mike Kimmel, he, he, uh, caught the, the, the record in the Everglades and that thing bit him bad on the arm. Just like, just like, I mean, he was bleeding bad. So it didn't surprise me when I saw your arm get, you know, you were, you were bleeding like seriously. I remember that when Python cowboy got bit and, and. Those got him and, you know, like Snakeaholic. I know yeah, you had both of them. Had both of them, yeah. yeah. Those guys are, they're both, twice, man. Right? They are, they are, um, those guys are legit. And and just in doing what they do, they get bit by a lot of things. You guys would get along great. <laughs> they they both invited me out to go python catch with them. I think I'm going to take it up on it because, you know, some of the animals I'm a little scared of, you know, the centipedes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I've definitely lost a lot of fear. Uh, mm-hmm. but the snake, I wasn't scared of at all. I love, I love snakes. That's kind of like my main, my main jam. Yeah. Um, but I haven't handled a large Python since the bite. And I'm afraid now what that turns into some type of phobia. Right. So I think I should go out there with them, get back in the saddle sort of. You should go. And then there's all kinds of things you can get stung by in Florida Keys. And the, we got scorpions down there. You're going to love it. It's going to be the best vacation you've ever had. You're going to get stung every day. I would love to. I would love to. Hopefully, this is. I'll let you three. get bit by a shark. We can have you bit by a barracuda if you want. There's lots of things. I was going to ask you, what did you think about that show, uh, River Monsters? Because that was a big inspiration to me for doing. Yeah. River Monsters somewhere. was a well put together show. You know, it's it's different than what we do, but I like the science and I like uh, I like going out and 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 what he did really that was cool that that no one had really done before was was to to show fresh water in a way that it had never been shown before. People have seen big sharks and they've seen lots of crazy things in the ocean, but what, what they did there, 
they they went around and there are crazy things that live in rivers and he went mm-hmm. and found them and it was a really well put together show um thought it was thought it was great i'd like to get him on the podcast one day um i don't have any it, connection to him but it was one of his podcast talks before kings of pain because i was hesitant like i've always wanted to do a bite show but as i got older i was like well is this gonna is this gonna scare people away from animals mm-hmm. in a bad way mm-hmm. i was like you know i love river monsters but if you just listen to the audio it's like and now I'm going to the river. Lightning could strike me. I might fall in and drown. It's like so silly and dramatic. But he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, but I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for that because we hook people in and then we like secretly give them, you know, good science. And I was like, that's right. I was like, so many people told me that they were in the freshwater fish conservation now because of river monsters. Mm, yeah. And so they had a huge impact on, on me and, and Adam as well as to how Kings of Pain could do something good. Cause right. I'm sure a lot of people are like, Oh, what do you want to make them look bad? And, and we don't. So I always like to talk about that part and how, uh, how it's actually had a lot of good because that was a huge relief. Uh, yeah. To Adam. yeah. And then, you know, you look back at somebody like Steve Irwin who got bit by all kinds of things and uh, you know, and uh, missed getting bit by lots of things, but that show was, um, was very science based. He really knew his stuff. He he had incredible delivery in the heat of the moment. He's like, "Look at this thing. It wants to bite me, and if it does, I'm gonna die." Like, and and you know, he's holding it right there, and it's about to bite him. And he's just, he's just, he just did such an incredible job for the camera and played to the camera and just drew everyone in. He was he was really incredible, in my opinion. One of the one of the all time best. I don't know if anybody's ever gonna be able to have that kind of delivery because it was so unique and he was he was just from Australia and he just had the accent and he had the knowledge and he was physical and he could do it all and he mm-hmm. was just he was just like just a dream come true for a network show like that. It was just fantastic. And he wasn't afraid Harder of anything. He would just go after whatever. Like it was just it was just awesome. So, I mean, I, I see that your show's in the same vein, really. It's, it's, it's really good. I mean, you guys are doing a really good job. Was this your idea or was it Adam's idea or did somebody come to you and propose is, that maybe you should be the talent or was there a, what, how did, how did it happen? Uh, it's pretty funny. Adam and I had very different journeys. Uh, I got my first animal wrangling gig in 2008 and I was getting bitten by non-venomous snakes for a high-speed camera. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, well, someone should make a show and, and rate how, how bad some of these animals hurt. And this, my buddy's like, interesting, you should say that. Stay tuned. I'm like, all right. The next year, we shot a pilot for a major network. Uh, we had spinning cobras. Two guys went to the hospital. Uh, they wanted to compare it to things at home, so they put Tabasco sauce in my eye and burned <laughs> off the outer layer of my cornea. And I had to go to the eye doctor and like... And so it, that did not get picked up. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, you guys went pretty hard. <laughs> um, and so this show idea has been floating around for a while. And I never thought anybody would actually pick it up. You know, I got lucky, had a couple of appearances about Schmidt's pain index, like on Ripley's, believe it or not. Uh-huh. And uh, so I've always been into it. Uh, Adam always wanted to host a wildlife TV show. He traveled to Southeast Asia and was filming like tapirs and all these cool animals. He went to India to film the lions that are in, not tigers, but lions that are in India. Hmm. He did a lot of really cool things. And then uh, I was talking to history about just a different show I wanted to do. And they were like, well, how do you feel about getting bitten and stung? Completely not knowing that I would have been interested in this. Stuff. Really? Yeah. And so they had me come out to like this ranch to meet some other guys who might be interested. And they flew Adam out just saying, hey, would you want to do a wildlife TV show? 
And he was like, yeah, they, they flew him out last minute and uh, he's in the car ride to set. And they're like, uh, you ready for this? And he's like, yeah, what's, what's the show about? I'm like, oh, well, you get bitten and stung by animals and rate the pain and make a new pain index. And he was like, what? <laughs> uh, but we met up with different guys that they're like have biologist backgrounds and things like that. And Adam and I just clicked really well. Nice. And it, it worked out. And uh, our first, our first week of shooting, we caught a huge anaconda and Adam grabbed the head and picked it up for the camera. And after the scene, he was like, man, I bet I looked pretty cool there. So next big snake we see, we'll make sure that you jump on and get your camera time too. I was like, all right, this is not your normal, like, like, you know, egotistical like guy, this is, he's sharing the fame and all that. And I was like, man, you're, you're a really good dude. And we've basically been best friends ever since. Nice. Well, yeah. Adam was supposed to be on this podcast with us, but apparently he's sick and he must be incredibly sick because I can't imagine it could be worse than getting bitten by a reticulated Python or, and, and then keeping on going, but let's hope he's, let's hope he's feeling better. Um, well, you know how these guys are. We get the man flu. We're, we're down. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I've had it myself. It's going around. Um, all right. So what, what, what do you tell yourself? What do you do with your mindset before you're getting ready to get stung by something that you've never, I mean, you don't, you don't know what's going to happen and you're like in Bali and it, well, no matter what, it's going to be a long plane ride home. I'd personally be worried about infection. Uh, you know, you're getting bit by these things like, okay, it might hurt a while today, but in, in two weeks, is this thing going to be just infected? I don't know. Right. That's what I would think. But what do you, how do you, how do you get prepared for, for one of these bites or stings? Um, mentally, all the prep work we do actually makes it harder because we are coming up with animals we want to do. Then we're looking at all the, the case studies of like the if someone gets bitten by something and it wasn't that bad, that doesn't make it into the literature. It's always that that one percent of like, oh, this guy's left testicle fell off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, we do, you know, sometimes weeks of that, and then um, you know, that has to go to you know uh, to the doctor, has to go to production, has to go to insurance, has to you know has to go to History Channel, like everyone has to. So it's usually a long process uh, of just everyone going back and forth about the worst case, you know, scenario, we just, you know, we just had, you know, we call it the scorpion squirts from season where I got the diarrhea. <laughs> so we're like going through all this stuff. And so your brain is just so attuned. We're, we're jumpy, especially in season two, we are super jumpy. Um, but yeah, uh, that was one of the benefits of season two being in one spot. Like we know we're near very good medical care season one. I had a huge hematoma after the Python bite and the doctor's trying to squeeze it out we get a police escort to the hospital in Bali and bless their heart. But like, they had no idea what to do. They were trying to give me antivenin for a Python, which is non-venomous. And the doctor's like, no, it's non-venomous. Don't give them antivenin. All I want to do is maybe uh, cut them open a little bit in your hospital. It's a big ask to, mm -hmm. to do this. Right. And just release this hematoma. Cause it may be causing pressure on the ulnar nerve. We didn't know the ulnar nerve had been punctured. We thought maybe it's just a hematoma at this point. And they're like, well, you can't, cut them open because that's dangerous because of the venom. He's <laughs> like, well, once again, there's no venom. And this went on for about an hour and it, it ended up being like, we went to a hotel room. Um, he gave me some, some, some pills and a, and a shot of tequila and stuck a giant needle on my arm mm. and did the best to do it. So there was, there was things like that. Um, we had a, we had a guy in the Amazon, uh, 
who had like an allergic reaction uh, to an animal. And then we almost lost him on the boat ride in the Amazon on the way back home. Wow. So these things are really, really real. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was in our mind the whole time. All right. Final question. How do you keep from cussing like a sailor? Cause you're not, you're much better at it than Adam. He, there's a lot of beeps and bleeps and stuff there, but you, you're just, you, you, you managed to, you managed to do it. I would not be able to manage to do that. When I get hurt, that's, it's coming out. It's coming yeah. out every time. Well, season two, I didn't quite do as well. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I, I, I try to picture my, my mom's going to watch this. I'm trying not to cuss too much, but you know, there is so much more pain this season. I didn't do so great. Oh man. Uh, I would love to ask you a question. Yeah. Cause when I heard you, you were either talking to snakeaholic or Python cowboy and you said you would much rather get bitten by a shark than any snake or reptile. Yeah. Uh, and out of everything out there, other than like the obvious, like a shark that could take your arm off, is there any animal? What's the least favorite thing that you would want to get bitten by? Snakes. I don't. I don't. Snakes, I don't. No, I don't really like snakes that much. I, especially the way that, like, the one that you did, they shot shot it with a red camera, and the thing bit you, and then it's like writhing on on your arm like that. Just and the lizard too. I wouldn't want to get bit by a lizard either. But I don't know reptiles. I, I'm not just really terribly afraid of them, but I also don't handle them. I don't want to mm-hmm. handle them. If I see one, I'm just going to go, wow, there's a snake over there. I'm going this way. And I just, I've never had a draw to wanting to handle them. I have friends that want to handle them that yeah. they just want to see one. They want to pick it up. I don't want, I've never wanted to. Yeah. And I just can't imagine one just hanging on my arm, just writhing, trying to stick its fangs in there even further. Like that would not be good. I'm not afraid of getting bit by fish. That doesn't really happen that much. Of course, there are some fish that you definitely do not want to get bit by. That would be like a, like in my opinion, a kingfish or a barracuda. Um, we, and that's, I believe that's only going to happen when you're handling them or, or they're in the boat, like, flopping around and and they don't even really bite you their mouth is open it's going back and forth like this and your foot has happens to be there and it's going to slice you wide open man those teeth are so sharp the the kingfish is probably the most difficult or or dangerous fish to handle in my opinion they just have they don't have teeth like like sharks like like they have these little it's like a little saw and they're so sharp on the points and they're sharp on both sides. And there's just a mouth full of them. There's hundreds of them in there. And they just, they're, they're very short. Like the Barracuda, he does this thing with his mouth, right? The, the, the mackerel just has his mouth open all the time and just comes in and shakes his head. And uh, I don't know, like a small mackerel is, is one that can really get you. And um, I don't know. I don't, Wow. I don't want to get hit by one of those. Yeah. <laughs> they more, they more, I, I think they more like hit you and you'll see like, you know, over, over time, there's been like a, a barracuda attacks fishermen in the Florida Keys and the thing goes leaping out of the water and it happens to land in somebody's boat. Well, he wasn't trying to attack that person. It was attacking a mullet way out there. It had no idea the boat was here and it comes down with his mouth open and opens some guy's arm up with 25 stitches, you know, and, and just because that's how sharp those teeth are. And, you know, it weighs 18 pounds and it's coming down with a good amount of force. And it'd just be like somebody jumping at you with some knives, 
you know, and, and it would open you right up. But I don't, I don't think that they would attack you. Now, the one fish that does attack and did attack us, um, is a swordfish. And I'm not swimming with those anymore. I, I wasn't the diver, but we had a diver in the water and the swordfish, <clears throat> the diver knows exactly what he was doing and he was not in a good position. Typically, he would only be on the outside of the fish so that the angler has the line coming back to the boat. The diver would be on the outside so that that if the fish did turn that way, at least the line is pulling it away from him. The diver ended up between the boat and the fish, between the boat between the fish and the angler. So if the fish turns towards the boat, there's no pressure on it whatsoever and it can just go. And I've got this video where it's the diver's video and he's got a scooter, a pla- it's got, you know, it's like one of these Yamaha scooters that has the plastic hard plastic coating. We got GoPros all over it and Ooh. so it is a kind of defensive shield as well. But man, this swordfish is going like like across like this and you see his eye just go click like, okay, you're the problem. And then it turns and just as fast as it can do his tail, goes straight at our diver. And luckily it hit the the bill hit the the scooter, went into the scooter and broke the bill off, which is really hard to do. Wow. And uh, we've got pictures of the scooter with the bill in it and everything. But, I mean, that would have easily gone through any bone in the human body. And those swordfish, they are, I don't know about a marlin. Sailfish don't really do it, um, to my experience. I've swam with plenty of those when we've hooked, hooked those. And they don't intentionally come after you. That swordfish... That was an attack. I mean, there was no question about it. I'll show you the video. You're like, whoa. So if they try to talk you into swimming with a swordfish, it's not a good idea. I would say a marlin probably wouldn't be a good idea either. Sailfish, probably okay. But, you know, they got that big bill. Those those swordfish, like when we were fishing in Louisiana, you fish with these big weights. The the They're, they're like a 12 or 20 pound uh, lead weight. And you'll think you're getting bites and you don't get one. So you bring it up. And that weight is just beat to hell with the with the bill and big marks on all over that weight. And so they do that. I mean, they are attacking things with that bill all the time. And so to think that they're not going to come after you, they will. But that's a that's a scary fish. That really is. That's a scary fish. It does things that other fish don't do. Like it can come from two thousand feet straight to the surface and go straight back down. It just doesn't have the same. It, it's just a different fish. It's like a, almost a different. It's like an alien almost. It just yeah. is, it's just a tough, tough, tough fish that is just, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough fish. But I'm not going to have any divers swim with those anymore. They're scary. Ugh. Yeah. That sucks. They're beautiful animals. Oh, they're, they are beautiful. And, they're, they're, and what makes them even more beautiful is just the, the things that they can do. They can hunt in almost entire, complete darkness. They're in, in water that is so cold you know, down in 2000 feet of water, that water's cold, man. And then they can come straight up to the surface and they can jump and they can bask on the surface and then they can just dive straight down and they don't have to, they don't blow up like a, like a grouper or something. When you bring, bring up a, you know, a mutton snapper or a grouper or something from even four or 500 feet or 400 feet of water, they like blow up. So the swordfish doesn't do that. And they got this crazy eye. I don't know. They're they're really don't they have like some some warm blooded muscle or something around their yeah, eyes. Yeah, they as do well? something like that to where they can they can have the blood in their head 
and and they can still think and everything. So they're down there hunting in places where no other fish can really, or no other game fish anyway, can hunt. And so they're right. down there just eating squid and doing their thing. And, but they could eat anywhere in the water column. They're, they're an incredible fish. I would love to know more about the swordfish, but I tell you what, I know enough not to swim with one. That's not a good idea. And our diver was not the only one to get attacked by one either. There've been other, other, other film crews that have had, had them attack the, the cameras or the divers. And, uh, it's, it's serious. I mean, they, they, they could really get you. They, that could kill you. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. Really easy. Goodness. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to watch your show, man. When's the, when's the next season coming out? When's season two come out? Thursday, the 26th of May at 1030 Eastern Central. And uh, I know you said you like the show alone. Yeah. Season nine of, of Alone comes out the same day right before our show. So you can you can binge watch uh, both if you want to. I will. I will. I, I became a big Alone fan when we had Jordan Jonas. He, he won uh, season six and I had him on the podcast. Really interesting guy. Uh, killed a moose on that show. And, uh, and then I started watching it. Like I watched that whole season preparing for that podcast. And then, then I watched the next season and there was another dude named Roland that I've always wanted to have on the podcast. And that dude built this incredible stone house. He called it the stone house. And that guy was, he was the real deal, man. He was like an outfitter from, from Alaska. They, they get real survivalist on that show. That show is, is legit. I mean, they stay out there for a long time and there is, I don't know. It's not Survivor. It's alone. I mean, it's it's a different deal, totally. I mean, I love Survivor too. That's but you know, it is just a different just thing. A, different yeah. Thing, yeah, a lot of those know. shows, if it's three weeks, that's very difficult. Yeah. But I'm sure you could maybe live three weeks even without food. So yeah, I mean, they just keep on. Home. They just keep upping yeah. the ante on that alone show. Like yeah. first, it was like Last Man Standing, and. And Jordan, he won and, you know, he was doing fine. It was like 60 days or whatever. He, he was fine. He told me he had so much food that when they, when they came to pick him up, he fed the crew lunch. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. He had <laughs> caught all these fish. He's like, well, you know, it's a long way back. I mean, even in an airplane, we want to just eat something here. And so he just ate all their food. And uh, <laughs> then the next one, they were like, okay, well, it's going to be a hundred days. See who makes it to a hundred days. And, mm-hmm. and like, you weren't, if you just, tapped out when he did it at 60 days or whatever, that wasn't going to be enough. So they keep up in the ante. Like, I, I don't know, man, but they're, they're legit. There's some real, there's some real survivalists among us. And then they, right. they do, I mean, they're, they're legit, like really, yeah. really legit. And a lot of the women on that show were, were seriously legit. I mean, not, it's, it's yeah. incredible to watch them. I mean, they got skills and they, and they obviously didn't just practice this stuff. They live it day to day and, and you know, it's, it's cool. It's a cool show. Years and years and years. I'm sure. Yeah. So, lifetimes. Yeah, lifetimes. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And, uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll watch for, for, for this coming up Thursday, the 26th. That's like, we're, we're recording this um, almost, almost then. So I'll try to get this out as soon as possible. And, um, what about yourself? Is there any way that people can follow you on social media? Can they, uh, go to a website? Can they support you in any way? Yeah. Um, Adam and I both basically do Instagram. Adam is Adam underscore thorn. And I am caveman, Rob caveman, Rob. Why do they call you caveman? 
Something about my mental capacity. <laughs> yeah. Has that been yeah, following you your whole life or what? Is that a new thing? Yeah. yeah I, I, people just started calling me that because I, I used to do a lot of hand fishing and uh, catch a fish by hand yeah. out here. Uh, yeah. You probably like that. Actually. What kind of hand fishing are you doing? Like Cuban yo-yo? Um, so mo- like- most, mostly salt water. Like, like uh, so I love the ocean. So I'm very into it, but I'm uh, cursed. I get seasick. I get car sick. So oh, no. I get seasick. Really. Terrible free diver. Um, uh, not a great swimmer, but so the only reason I love ocean animals and uh, a year, I've never been in the fishing. Uh, my dad took me fishing a lot and I would spend the whole time looking for snakes or crawfish. <laughs> Cause I like more of the active, the active hunting. You yeah. Know? Uh, um, but one day I was out here, I moved to California from Oklahoma and there's a four foot, uh, uh, shovel nose Ray going by me. And I was like, man, I just love to get a hold. It's like, I was in the surf, you know, and I, I just jumped for it. And I come up with this four foot, like shovel nose Ray. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And my buddy's way down the beach. I'm like screaming at him to come look at this thing. And that started a whole thing. Uh, we'll go out into the surf sometimes day, sometimes night catch, uh, uh, shovel nose rays, which get four foot, maybe 40 pounds. Those are very difficult. I think I have the best vision of any fish. Hmm. That's what I read. So you have to like get them swimming in the perfect conditions and like clear water so you can see it, but the cloudy part of the water has to be over its head. Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking like really difficult. Um, we get thornback rays which come in and burying themselves. They don't have a bar, but they're covered in three rows of spines. So first we were grabbing them by the tail and just shredded our hands oh. and then we figured out yeah then we figured out we you grab them by the pectoral fins they're, they're discs we grab them on the sides and, and that was better but sometimes they whip their tail and get you with a few of those spines and then we just started grabbing them by the snout and they have ampullae lorenzine just like a shark and they do that kind of uh tonic immobility that uh-huh. i'm sure you've done plenty of times and they just kind of sit there and you look at them and, and let them go uh done several species of rays uh sometimes i do with gloves i've still I've stung by like three different <laughs> types of rays um, with the barb, like it goes yeah, in. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't catch stingrays. I cut bat rays, which is a type of Eagle ray yeah. and I in some round rays before, uh, I stopped doing that. Cause I got tagged a couple of times. I, I would, I'd use like hex armor gloves on those and then try to grab, but they still got me a couple of times. Uh, so I stopped doing that. But, uh, then my brother in Oklahoma, he's like big in the fishing on the Arkansas river. Uh-huh. And he's like, call me one day. He's like, I know it's Friday morning but they've released the dam schedule way upstream for, for the weekend amount of water they're putting out. And there's this little spillway way downstream. And he's like, by Saturday morning, that water is going to be so low. We'll have hundreds of paddlefish trapped oh. in the river. And, and, uh, and uh, so I, I caught like a flight straight there. And then we're out there shallow water and, we're just jumping on paddlefish. Mm-hmm. First, we'd grab them by the tail, and, and they would just kick, kick your ass, and they'd slap you with their tail. Uh, but eventually, we grabbed them by the by the the bill. You know, these are mm-hmm. huge fish. They get you know, I don't know, four to six foot long. Yeah. Uh, I think the record is like a hundred something pounds. We're catching twenty to sixty pounders, like like decent fish, and uh, they got basically a handle with that that bill, and we were right. catching them. Oh man, there's been stuff like that. So I've been trying to branch. I used to catch sharks by hand, baby ones, but I kind of leave them alone now because I know sharks are having a hard time. But in uh, some yeah, places, caught- come to Florida, use as many as you want. Yeah, yeah. yeah they're, they're, I, I, I mean, you could. Happen. I mean, we we talk about this a lot, but there could be possibly a global decrease in the number of sharks. But in you know, overall, 
But then you could mm-hmm. still have certain areas where the population is absolutely exploding. And in Florida, the population is absolutely exploding. The Bahamas, Florida, okay. it's yeah, it's unbelievable. It's really uh, a problem, actually. They're they're okay. they're on every fish you catch. Um, it's okay. it's really really. I've never seen so many sharks. Nobody has. It's just it's oh, crazy wow. because a lot of you know a lot of the uh, longline boats have not. They don't they don't fish for them anymore, and so mm-hmm. they don't have any any predation. I don't know if that's what's going on. Or whatever, there are a ton. You can feel right. you can feel very comfortable about messing with sharks in Florida because there are okay. so many. There are oh, so many awesome. right now. Um, well, that's cool, man. Isn't it funny how every fish has has uh, a certain way that that you can handle it safely. Like every, every single one, like, and all you got to do is get around these things and then you just go to a slightly different area and there'll be a fish that looks just like, just like another one. And you grab it by the tail and you're like, yeah, God, that thing's got spines on its tail. It looks just like this other one, but it's not like, you know, I went to Australia and fished for all these fish and they look, they have so many fish that look almost exactly like our fish, but there's little differences. So you got to be careful how you're, how you're handling. There was only one fish that was exactly the same and it was the cobia. It was exactly yeah. the same as our cobia, but they would have all these different ones. Anyway, we could probably talk about that all day, but I'd love to have you back uh, <laughs> on the show, man. Uh, we'll get Adam on the show next time. Let's let um, let's let season two uh, get out there and let everybody see it. And I'd love to have you guys back. Will you well, come back? I wish Adam was here with us, man. I do He's too, man. I talk to. I do too. Well, we'll we'll do it again. I appreciate it, Rob. That was great. And uh, everybody, go follow these guys on Instagram or uh, watch the show. It's a very entertaining show. I think you guys will like it as much as I did. All right, that's it for today. We will be back next week with another awesome guest. Thank you, Rob. All right, thanks, Tom. Okay. <laughs>